Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. My name is Mike Sirisoni, and I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Hogue. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing well. Are you sure? You sounded I'm unsure. Feel- <laughs> I'm feeling very peaceful in this moment. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Just relaxed and we're what uh, are we talking about? Yeah, we uh we have uh Molly DeFrank on the podcast today. You grew up with Molly. I did grow up with her. We went to high school together. So I mean formative years. Yeah, I mean we we met uh, she married. She married the one and only Mark's. David DeFrank. <laughs> she did not marry Mark Sneed. <laughs> That's her brother. <laughs> that is her brother. I almost mixed it up. Yes, you uh, mixed, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't almost mix it up. You start you went there. No. Uh, Mark Snee's uh, sister, uh, Molly, uh, the three of us grew up in Simi Valley and went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. And now we all ended up in Fresno, which is a strange turn of events. That but is super funny. The Lord led us here and, and we, uh, we're, we're happy to continue our friendship. But she is a, uh, an accomplished author and she wrote a, uh, a book called Digital Detox. Yeah. And it's all about two weeks, uh, a two week journey for uh, detoxing your kids from, from, um, technology. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, I mean, kind of taking the world by storm. I mean, she was on the doctors like the show. I don't uh, even know what that is, but it sounds cool. Yeah. It's a real show. I think it's on ABC. Um, like they flew her down to LA and, and Whoa, she, I didn't know that. Yeah. She was on the doctors because this is such a pressing issue. Like yeah. medical experts are talking about how important of an issue it is because technology has become the new drug. Mm-hmm. I mean, drugs are still drugs. Yeah. Drugs are still, yeah, they're still, thing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in a lot of ways, like this is the I new, mean, it's one of the most pre- prevalent addictions the screens, right? Kids, adults, yeah, boys, well, and girls. I think what you guys will see is like this is really a conversation about the whole family, yeah, and what our relationship as human beings is with technology. And she's going to talk about it. And I, I love this aspect of what she writes is that it's doable. Mm-hmm. Like she's not saying get rid of technology forever and become Amish. Yeah, right? sometimes the pendulum swings either yeah. way. And, and technology is evil and we should never have it ever again. Yeah. She she makes a, a really good case that that this two week uh, this two week reset is mm-hmm. something that every family should experience because it it gives us a healthy view of technology. It's a tool. Yeah, it's and a tool. And like most tools, it can be misused. Yeah, and and she uh, she she does a great job talking through what it's uh, meant for her and her family. Yeah, and the experiences that they've had. It's good for me to hear a process because she's like for reals put this into play. I mean, they've she's been doing got a whole gaggle of kids. Yeah, they're in our life group. Yeah, uh, so they lead our life group. So her and David, her husband. Uh, they lead our life group and uh, we have we joke that we're a small church. We call ourselves the Fryant campus. Uh, we meet in <laughs> we meet in Fryant and uh, and I we've got we got like, yeah, that was like but it, it was yeah. really funny. Like uh, but but we have 24 adults and over 40 kids in our life. What? Group. Yeah. Jeez. And it works for us. Chill. I mean, okay. it really does. And save some kids. For the rest <laughs> of us. <laughs> you can have some of ours, I'm sure. <laughs> But but uh, but her and her her family have put this into practice, and so they're speaking not just from it's not just idealistic. Yeah, it's actually practical. They've put yeah. it in, and and they've 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 really benefited from it, and so have other families in our life group. And so uh, we've we've kind of battle tested it, and it's been a, yeah. A really healthy and I hope thing. I hope when you guys listen to this and watch it, whatever you do, that you're I mean, you 
approach your technology with a different idea and remember that you as a parent, but also just as a believer, are first and foremost a disciple. Yeah. And then you are discipling your kids. Right. And so that has to do with any of the influences in their world. And yeah. people are going to approach technology in different ways. And so I think what we see here is a really balanced view that says, like, at the very least, do not just give way to what the wor world says or gives you as far as technology. Yeah, be intentional, right? Be intentional with yeah. your family and with your own walk. Yeah, and and I think, you know, as we think through this, this episode, uh, my hope is that, you know, as you hear this, you're you, every, every parent handles technology differently. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is one really well thought, thought out, uh, approach to, to handling technology in the home, but there's no judgment, right? We're all trying to sort through what, what technology looks like in our home. And so uh, what I appreciated was, you know, Molly's going to, going to put out one way to do it and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but she's going to present arguments and things like that, 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 uh, kind of allow people to make their own, their own decision about what mm -hmm. technology looks like in their home. Yeah, it's really great. Well, we hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, as always, please subscribe to our podcast and yeah. share it. Share it with it, your friends. Yeah. If you find it valuable, please share with your friends so that we can come and meet you in your ear pods. Every <laughs> time we release one. Yeah, super weird way of saying, please just subscribe. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode with Molly DeFrank uh, on her book, Digital Detox. Well, we are here with Molly DeFrank. Uh, Molly is uh, an author and... Uh, she wrote a great book. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Molly, tell us a little bit about your book. What's the title? What's it about? Yeah, the book is Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. And it's basically a guide to help parents put technology in its right place in the home. So it's two-week digital detox is the first half, walks you through that. And the second half is how to create a long-term plan because most mm -hmm. people don't want to ditch all technology forever. And so that's the book. You have kids? I do. I have a lot of kids. That's that would good. be it's good to write really a book for kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be speaking this of something. This is gotcha journalism. So yeah. I was yeah. To Darn it, you got yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I got a ton of those and they're awesome. I have I have six kids. Um, yes, you do. Instant sure credibility. Do. <laughs> Thank you so much. We've had We're more. Not worthy. <laughs> yeah. Six kids runs in their family, I think. I know. I that, know we yeah. do. I'm feeling yeah. sorry for oh, myself this morning having a baby and a toddler. <laughs> no, you have it so hard. Great. Yeah, I feel Honestly, great now. I feel like two kids was the hardest number of kids. Yeah, yeah Mike. Once you learn no, two seriously. kids, it's like, oh, you just bring in, you're making two PB&Js, make a third. Yeah. Make a fourth. Two was really hard until we had three and then four. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, there's twice as many of them. We're, we're outnumbered. Yeah. yeah. That's how it feels sometimes, but we don't have six. So, so uh, eight to Franks? There's eight of us. Running around? Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, usually my husband and I are running around. I'm chasing. sometimes, sometimes chasing. So yeah, maybe okay. eight different trying to get back here. So our kids um, are ages five to twelve right now. Um, yeah, it's very busy. It is loud, five but it's fun. Are yeah. there even six numbers in between five and twelve? There so is. Two of them There's are the same age. Numbers. So my. Smart. Yeah, no, that's yeah. good. That was really good yeah, counting. Thanks. Really like good that. counting. <laughs> good job. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> we got Goodwill Hunting. Over yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, two of our daughters are both six. So oh. they're actually eight hours apart because one's biological and one came to us through foster care. Wow. That's awesome. So they're like twins. Like, 
kind of twins. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, twins. it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Do you guys like ever talk about that in a sort of twins way? Yeah. Um, they love sharing. Well, actually, they don't share a birthday. They're born on different days because oh. the eight hours come across. But wow, they always want to have. I know it's kind of yeah. funny, but they always want to have a party together. So Sweet. that's fun. Well, They're so, best buddies. Uh, you have this big family, probably ever growing, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and you started getting passionate at some point about this idea of technology and the family and all that stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's a good question. So, I've always had a passion for discipleship and motherhood. Um, and just encouraging moms and helping parents connect with their kids. And ironically, I haven't always been passionate about putting screen time in the right place in the home. And it wasn't really until we did it ourselves that I, I realized how transformative it could be and how, how much digital entertainment was hindering our ability to connect with our kids and hindering their ability to connect with each other, mm. um, their attention spans. It was harming their moods. Yeah. Um, we were seeing some behavioral issues and I frankly I wish I could tell you guys that I had researched it and like a genius it like popped into my brain but no it was a good old fashioned case of mother had has had it is like basically with, yeah. I'm like no that's it we're pulling the plug this I'm over this what were the what? signs yeah. and symptoms <clears throat> and things that you started seeing okay. that led to that yeah so it was like we noticed there were amped up sibling fights around screen time like mm. during and right after and it was like next level. So I, growing up, I was one of four. We had our own sibling fights. These were kind of like taking it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Um, some age inappropriate tantrums, some um, like lack of interest in non-screen activities. My three oldest kids, their favorite hobbies were all different video games. And I thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, oh, this is just the way it is. Yeah. So it wasn't until finally I had had it. I came home from running errands and one of my kids greeted me at the door with, can I play on your phone? I'm like... What is this? Yeah. This isn't sweet. Remember when you used to say hi to me? Exactly. <laughs> How was your day? Right. Have a none of this. None of the pleasantries. It was like, hey, gatekeeper. Yeah. Give me some. Give me a fix. Mm-hmm. So I called David at work, and I'm like, we need to pull the plug. And he was into it. And he's like, let's do it. That's great. So it's ceremonial. It was well, not really. We sort of like stumbled into this thing, but we told the kids at dinner, and we're like, just want you guys know, it's not a punishment. We're trying something new. Um, <laughs> until this for, is for you. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to, yeah, we love you so yeah. much. And it did not go well. It did not go. You smoothly. also can't have any cake. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, they were not excited about it. Yeah. And it was one of those parenting things where on the outside, you're like, and this is what we're doing and we love you. But on the inside, they're crying. And I'm like, ah, oh no, what did I do? Yeah. Was this a mistake? And so I was really nervous. But the next day, they just started playing with the toys on their shelves and playing with each other and creating and taking up new hobbies. And it was really kind of like flipping a switch for us. Um, we removed that. We removed the option of digital passive entertainment. Yeah. And they started pursuing other things. So I think most parents, I mean, when you say that, Kristen and I, we've we've actually done something similar. I mean, you inspired us to, to actually... Uh, take your challenge that you write about in in your book, and I think most parents think, "Hey, when if I take screen time away, either a that's my babysitter, right? I mean, how yeah. am I supposed to get anything done if I don't have screens for yeah, my it's kids? Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough decision sometimes. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, that's that's the go to nowadays, um, and e- either that or they think that the kids are going to be like rebellious and throw things, you know, at the TV, which would be counterproductive to what they actually want anyway. Yeah. But what, 
what was your kind of experience with that? Like how, how did it make being a mom harder? Was it, did it, did it, uh, did you have a harder time finding things to occupy your kid's time? That's a great question. Probably the most common one I get. Um, so if all we did was take all digital entertainment away and change nothing else, then yes, probably your life would get harder. But part of this two-week window is that you're turning down the outside influence in digital entertainment and you're kind of turning up your parental um, superpowers mm -hmm. of ob observing your kids and cultivating their unique giftings and um, talents and interests. And I we... A lot of parents say, and this was our experience too, that you you learn things about your kids in this window that you didn't realize before. One of our kids loves art, loves drawing, loves teaching the other kids how to draw mm. and create. And I, I didn't know that until mm. um, we took all the passive entertainment away. But the reason why you're not just um, taking away the babysitter, what, what actually what actually happens is that you take away this crutch of passive entertainment and the kids start to develop their creativity and their boredom negotiation skills. And so once they practice that and get better at it, they now when they hit the boredom wall, they're like, oh, I know how to I know how to resolve this. And mm. they start to realize, like, I can create I can. What's that? Th boredom is your creativity calling out to you. To, it's beckoning you like make something do, wonder, read, you know. And, and too often we're numbing out our kids' boredom rather than helping them use it as a driver to see, like, how has God designed you? Like, one of our kids loves to build. He can build Lego and all kinds of anything. And his he has such a high frustration tolerance. Like, someone else will knock that tower over, and I'm like, oh, man, if that was me, I would lose it. <laughs> but he's like, okay, and he'll, like, rebuild. I'm like, dang, like, are you going to be an engineer? Look at you. This is amazing. But so often today – like so many kids are not building towers for hours. They're not exploring outside. They're not painting. They're not tinkering, yeah. tinkering on the piano. Um, so to come back to your question, it's that they will fill the time. It takes a little bit of effort, but they learn to fill that time with more worthwhile things that isn't just passive entertainment that requires nothing of them. Did you experience the like actual detox? The like withdrawals. Did they have cold sweats? Yeah, you know, good you know, question. Like, what was that? <laughs> so we, um, this isn't true for every family, but for us, it was pretty much like flipping a switch. We didn't, and maybe that was one of the blessings of having a large family. There's always someone to play with. Um, I we didn't notice that sort of detox removal stress type sure. thing, um, but I have had some families who I've helped say, it's kind of like potty training, that three day potty training thing where the first couple of days it's a mess. Mm. You know, people are crying. It's hard. And then something clicks and they get it. And it's way better than it was before you started. Mm. So your book is about this two-week detox for kids. Why two weeks? And, and what did you see kind of – why is that the cutoff? That's a good question too. Okay, so first of all, I, I two weeks I chose because I think that is a good length. Of, you can do anything for two weeks, right? Yeah. I could start up running for two weeks. I could eat like a – I tried a whole 30 – I called it a whole 13. <laughs> yeah. I didn't quite make it halfway. Um, but any, you can do anything for two weeks. So come on. P14X. So yeah, I thought I think it's doable, uh -huh. number one. Um, number two, it's enough time to start to see results. Mm. And number three, I do tell parents, like, if your kids are young enough and you do need to tailor this, if you've if you've got like a 14-year-old and you're it's gonna look different than if you mm. have a four or five-year-old. So um, parents will need to bear that in mind. I talk about that in the book too. But 
Um, wait, what was the question you just asked me? Oh, two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, I re- I highly recommend that for if your kids are young enough and you can leave that time frame open ended, don't don't commit yourself to two weeks. If you can tell your kids, this is what we did, until further notice, we're taking a break from okay. digital entertainment. Do that. Yeah. If it's fair for your kids, if your kids are old enough to where you've already given them a phone, they have their own devices, it's a little bit stickier. You may need to talk to your spouse about that, figure yeah. it out. But if you can keep, because you may want to extend it, is why. Yeah, and we great. extend well, it. Well, I mean, great. and what's, I guess my question too is like, what's the goal, right? Because like, I mean, you're not trying to just, well, everybody's Amish now. Like, yeah, you're not trying totally. To, like, I mean, what would be the goal in your mind? Yeah, yeah. That is, and that is the question. So, one thing we realized during and after our detox was, gosh, so much of our days they're so busy in our culture. It's like to do lists, and um, you know, we got parents. We got to get our stuff done. The kids have extracurriculars. All these balls in the air, and so too often we're occupying our kids and entertaining them instead of parenting them, so that we can take care of the the most pressing thing. And the beauty of the detox is that you slow down, you stop, and you say, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What are our goals? What are um, – Like what kind of family do we want to Exactly. Have? What yeah. are we trying to accomplish here? We have 18 years with these kids. And if you've got a, you know, a nine-year-old like I did at the time, I'm like, we are halfway done with having this child under our roof where are we going? Where have we been? What's our trajectory like? So it gives you some time to kind of take inventory. Is our our daily habits um, putting us on this trajectory towards where we're trying yeah. to go? And so it's really kind of a gut check as as a parent. And um, you know, one thing I love thinking about because all this really falls under that umbrella of discipleship and our call to disciple our kids and train them up and. Um, our God is so gracious to us. He gives us a lot of latitude when it comes to raising our kids. And, you know, if we're looking for a directive on homeschool or public school, or do we give them organic produce or red dye? Like, you're not going to find that. You're not going to find the Bible. But we need to really pay attention when God does speak into parenting. And you look back at Deuteronomy, and right after he tells his people, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he says, parents, talk to your kids about me. Talk to me, talk to them about me all the time when you're going down the road and when you're laying down and when you're rising up, talk to them about, that's, this is my paraphrase, obviously. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6. Exactly. And the problem now in our culture is that most of those gaps are occupied, walking along the road, driving in the car, laying down, rising up, they're occupied by a digital device. And so as we're looking at that bigger, you know, 30,000 foot view of discipling our kids and where are we going, it's like... How do we structure our days and our households to support um, this directive that God has given us to talk about him all the time? And um, where we see in the, the proverb telling us to train our kids up in the way they should go. And I remember Brad talking about that. That actually is saying train them up according to their bent. So our kids are uniquely wired. And mm-hmm. are we cultivating that? Like, are we helping them to identify? Like, mm-hmm. here's your gifts. And, and also, frankly, during your detox a lot of parents report man my kid has some blind spots like they're not really good at taking turns Mm. and so you might see like I need to equip them better here like they could use some coaching so it's this whole it's it's kind of um hitting pause reassessing and then the the ultimate goal is how are you discipling your kids and how can you make screens 
work for you? How can you put it back in the right place so that it's serving you rather than the other way around? Uh, that's so good. Mo most of the parents that, that are listening to our podcast right now, uh, they care about this topic. Like discipleship is important. And, and I think, you know, the things that, that we try to do is, is just to get them to, to be equipped or, or think about new things. But what was like, what's the end result? Not the end result, because obviously you're still in process, but what's, what's been the result so far of the spiritual side of things? Like, have you seen a, a difference in your kids from a spiritual standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest component behind that is the relationship. It, it allowed us to remove a filter that was kind of a blockade between our um, ability to connect with each other. And so our relationship was able to kind of amp up. We were able to connect on a higher level. And, um, you know, a lot of parents, and I'm sure your listeners are great parents that are struggling with yeah. this. They're reading the books. They're listening to the podcast. Sure. They are addressing screen time and setting limits and they're mindful and still seeing a problem. And so um, I guess I would just want to encourage parents to that if you are paying attention and if it is kind of a mess, um, <clears throat> you know, if five, if one out of every five or 10 attempts at imparting wisdom and biblical instruction in your kids is turning out great, then apply, like that's a huge win. I was mm -hmm. laughing with David this morning because I'm like, man, one of the kids, you know, we try and listen to, we, there are some great resources online, um, on through technology we use, we can get uh, the Bible project is fantastic at helping our kids understand context. Um, sure. The cat New City Catechism is on there helping really sound theology. Um, and so we try to impart, we listen in the car as we're going along the road. But one of my kiddos said, out of nowhere while we're driving, said, Mom, I really wish that Adam and Eve didn't eat that fruit. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, tell me more about that. Like, what are you thinking? He's like, yeah, because I really just want to be like, like I want to walk around naked. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I well, think you missed the point a little, <laughs> like a tiny bit. But but what else? <laughs> was there anything else in there? Yeah. Like How something about the fall? Good, something wholesome? Like yeah. say something different. <laughs> Give us something good here. Yeah. Um, but my point is that, you know, we're trying and we're failing and we're mm. trying again. And that's kind of just par for the parenting course here. And, um, but once we removed this like status quo um, of just filling all of these gaps with noise, with digital entertainment, we were able to connect with our kids more. And we had more opportunities for the stuff that a lot of your parents who are listening are already doing. Mm -hmm. um, but taking this break just gives them more chances. When, yeah. when we talk about like kids and stuff and family, like we're, we're obviously talking about parents too, right? And um do you find that like most of the parents need this just as much as kids? Yeah, absolutely. The last chapter of my book is actually called Tech for Mom and Dad. And you're you're spot on there because all of the studies, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the data shows that the way that parents model, um, I mean really with anything, but especially with tech use, the way we model it is going to tell our kids so much more than what we say about it. Yeah. So we should be absolutely taking inventory of that. I detoxed myself for the book too because I wanted to live this thing out. And um, it's trickier the older you get because the world we live in, it's like, well, okay, I grocery shop on my phone. Mm -hmm. I talk to my kids' teachers on my phone. Mm -hmm. I make appointments. I do work on my phone. Um, and even social media too can be super redemptive in 
um, sharing. That's where parents are. And so you get to share these. But so the way the place we landed kind of in in taking that big picture view was we want to use technology to connect with each other and to create. That's how we mostly want to use it. And when it comes to isolating and consuming, we pretty much want to not do that most of the time. Mm -hmm. So with those broad principles in place, that kind of helped us to navigate the day-to-day parenting on the fly yeah. stuff. Is the two-week detox, is it something you see your family doing multiple times throughout you know, your parenting journey? Is it something you see, or, or is it something that's just a one-time thing and from then on out you don't need to do it again? What does that look like in concept? I think it depends on the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had families come back and say they're doing another one just because they need a refresh, and that's great because your kids get older. And yeah. so the rules you have for your four-year-old, it's gonna change. Like yeah. for example, our oldest, we got her a dumb phone, not a smartphone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, us too. The, yeah, ga- the Gab the phone? The phone, yeah. it's fantastic. So and, good. Cause you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I need to know if you're done with practice. And I think our kids text each other, so yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and it's so yeah. sweet. And I, I love that they, they play can connect each other. No, no games. No, there's no games. <laughs> no games, no apps. No games and no, and no web browser. Yeah, no web browser. So that's the beauty of it, especially for the younger kids. So. Um, yeah, but but some parents will find that they've done a detox and a couple years later or months later, they're like, uh, we need to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like going camping. It's like going camping without going camping if you're not a camping person. Yeah. Just unplugging and. Yeah. Just Do you get. find your oldest gets worried about like being left out? Not yet. Okay. Um, she does text with her friends and I really encourage that. More often, frankly, she will like not she will just keep her phone in the kitchen, not check it for a day or two. <laughs> that's how Brooklyn is too. <laughs> that's how Brooklyn is. Yeah. So I know that's a challenge as they get older. Mm-hmm. And we have had, um, we've had teenagers that we've fostered for shorter periods of time. And so I've, we've had the opportunity to see a little more close up what that looks like mm-hmm. too. And it does get so much more challenging for kids. And this is why I have a lot of compassion for families with the trend 10 years ago was give kids a smartphone as early as possible yeah. and that's the best shot they have and we've seen over time the data is showing us like yeah oh dang yeah we're seeing you know we've got this mental health crisis looming you you across disciplines you talk to neurologists psychologists the er doctors teachers they're like this is broken like we we did it too soon and so i think the tide is turning and i think parents are looking for an opportunity to kind of like reassess and that's what i'm hoping that this book gives them gives them the tools to do that um well, and, and not only is it broken, mm-hmm. it, this is the number one addiction that our society faces. Yep. And, and we're, we're going, here, 13-year-old kid, have this new... Unfiltered. Like, unfiltered, yeah. yeah. And I know for us, you know, we, we've battled with that same question. Like, uh, is Brooklyn... Because we, we've basically... And we hold it with an open hand, uh, but we basically decided we don't want her to have a smartphone until she's 18. Um, and we know like we're going to experience things we don't even know yet that we're going to experience. There's probably some parents out there listening right now that are laughing at me because they're (laughs) like, you don't know yet. But, but we asked the question like being left out of what? Yeah. Like if she's being left out of parties, great. Like if she's being left out of cyber bullying, awesome. Mm -hmm. But we also, you know, we, we got the group text like option on the gab phone because her life group 
they they use a group text and mm -hmm. like if we didn't get that option which we had to pay five extra dollars a month for it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah. expensive in, yeah. but if we didn't get that option she would have been left out of something that was wholesome and mm -hmm. important and yeah. godly and so we're just starting to kind of ask what are the things that she's being left out of it. and is there a way to is there a way to deal with that without giving her this well and it sounds like you guys are being a, thoughtful about it like and i'd imagine that your kids would like just appreciate rather than like a hard line it's a hey we're just going to evaluate and we're going to make sure you know like having an open hand because then that includes them in the conversation and i uh, you know there was I don't know if you did a lot of research on like just broad technology use yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, I'm just, for sure. I think um, a while back, do you know who Neil Postman is? Yeah. So I read his book, um, Amusing Ourselves to yeah. Death. And in that book, he talks about how like in the 1800s when Lincoln was campaigning for president, he and his opponent used to just come out to cities and people would come out and listen to like a four hour long debate <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, like, and just people just sit, they're just like, yeah, this is the most entertaining thing I've seen in weeks. I you can't know? wait for it. It's yeah. like a concert. <laughs> and for us, it's like, TikTok is like a minute to three minute max. And it's just like, that's the most oh, we can yeah. handle, you know? And we're just, it's an endless stream of novel information. If I watch a reel that's longer than 20 seconds, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Like, totally. And it's so sad. And we're like, we're literally, our minds are being, and he wrote that in like the 80s, right? Yep. And it's just like prophetic. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, I think about that. I don't know if you, have you ever heard of the book, um, uh, author John Mark Comer? Yeah. He wrote oh, yeah. Ruthless uh, Elimination, the Ruthless Elimination Hurry. Hurry. And yeah. I mean, in that book, he just wholly challenges us that it's stealing our souls in some ways, totally. right? And our abilities to actually interact with the world around us. And I mean, I see that all the time in the youth mm -hmm. world. And like, I'd just be interested to, like, what's technology doing to us? Absolutely, yeah. Um, there was one author out of UCLA who calls it, his, he's a doctor down there, um, neurologist. He's, he calls it electronic cocaine. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really crazy the way that this technology is hijacking our brains. And the scary thing is, gosh, we could we could talk about this all day. Yeah, um, let's it's so fun. It. Okay, let's do it. Um, what's crazy is that... Um, one thing's one thing that parents are seeing of young kids. If you have younger kids, you've probably seen this a lot. You turn the um, the screen timer dings. You turn off the tablet or take away the tablet, and your kids melt down. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like, gosh, they they seem too old for this, and it it seems like a behavioral issue. But what we have learned is that it's actually you're watching a dopamine crash in real in real time, mm. you, because what's happened is that the dopamine that gets released in our brains when we experience anything that's pleasurable or enjoyable you smell flower dopamine release you you know you hug your kid your dopamine taste something delicious dopamine okay well these psychologists and neurologists have worked together with these silicon valley engineers and they've baked dopamine release points into these apps and games mm. so that it's triggering the kind of dopamine like the release reward system in your the brain yes mm. and it's getting released in quantities that we've never seen before so so much so that dopamine receptors are numbing out in kids like you can see this so it's that same addictive pull where now it requires more dopamine to get the same level of enjoyment you once had before and that's why our kids are complaining of boredom when it's not a when they're not playing on a on a device because yeah. real life can't compete with that mm -hmm. so you know as we are beginning to understand um 
kind of the science behind it and all these disciplines are coming together from ministry mm -hmm. perspective, from neurology therapists, ophthalmologists, I talked to one, a speech therapist. They're like, this is insane. Teachers, they're like, it's hurting kids. And, um, you know, something you said, Mike, too, was the, these kids, before they go through puberty, before they go through that awkward phase of, of like, who am I in this world? Where do I fit in? Am I loved? Am mm -hmm. I known? Before they go through that nat natural rite of passage, they're being put, they're going on social media and they're forced, instead of doing that inside work, they're forced to um, kind of project themselves, this image out there on social media and say like, this is who I am. And so they've gone from what has always been in the home, unconditional love, you know, acne, morning breath, and all from your parents. They're going from that Braces, to awkward bowl haircuts. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, that's what Mike had. I did. Right? I, did. I rocked it. You remember. <laughs> bull, you could totally yeah. do a bowl cut, Mike. I did. I yeah. rocked it. That's little amazing. waves in front. It's amazing. Parted down the middle. And now it looks like they did the opposite. No, yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. I'm paying, I'm paying for that haircut <laughs> years later. Too, too much heavy. Too much weight. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the, what is the end result of that much dopamine at that young? Well, it's it's creating a dependence on these kinds of digital devices. And that's not even to mention, like, what our kids are finding on here. Um, you talk to parents in the church, and these are gr great parents that are working hard sure. to at the formation of their kids. And they're like, we do the devotions. We do family dinners. And so for 15, 20 minutes a day, they're reading their Bible. They're having the spiritual conversation. And... Their kids are spending three hours, hours yeah. on TikTok, on getting these, you know, these, when you hand your kids a device with internet access, even whether it's an iPad, a computer, a smartphone, mm -hmm. if they have that access, you are opening up this valve of information. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, how can 15, 20 minutes of spiritual formation compete with four hours of uncensored yeah, and whatever as a parent you yeah. don't even know what they're inputting into their lives like and everything's we, formative and we used to oh, yeah. have, we we never had control right my parents didn't have control over what what input came into my life but i we had to take away youtube from our kids because all of a sudden like they're watching wholesome like videos about god and three clicks later it's like how did you get there mm -hmm. like yeah. how you're watching this content I would never want you to to watch it ever and and you've gotten there in three clicks and so we had to take that away from them and the other thing i was thinking i, want, I would love to hear what your thoughts on this molly but um you, you mentioned kids and like the dopamine and mm -hmm. and them putting themselves out there you know before they've even figured out who they are but i think even for adults like we've turned into a a, a culture that finds their worth and value in a like 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 we we put, I, i'm confessing like this is a I'm, and i'm guessing you guys can relate but you post content how many minutes does it take for you to look at that content again after you've exited out to just see has anybody liked it mm. has anybody commented on it yeah like, what do people think oh no this video that i put up it, it only got seven likes and this video got 300 likes. And so I must have been better on this day. And, and we're starting to define our success, how people, whether people like us based on, on likes that we get on Instagram or Facebook. And, and kids, they know, nothing, they know no different. So for me, like I knew I can remember a time where that wasn't the case. But for them, yeah. they don't know any other way to define their value and worth. And so parents are fighting against 
technology to, to instill worth and value into their kids in a mm-hmm. biblical way. Yeah, that's a really good point. And also, I'm thinking as you're talking, a hu- this is a huge opportunity because how beautiful to share, to kind of vulnerably share a little bit of that with your kids. Yeah. And like, as they're coming of age in and looking towards social media and what that looks like for them, just being open about like, frankly, here are some of my concerns and here's why our family does it a little differently. And mm. a lot of parents will hear, oh yeah, my kid comes home and says, everyone in my class. Well, usually that's not exactly true. true. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, like you were saying, Jordan, too, welcoming that conversation and and when you can share vulnerably, like, hey, look, we're normal human people responding to a brain stimulus that really smart people, their full-time job is on the other end of this phone to keep us scrolling, and they're good at it. And yeah. so we also, no one's immune to it. We we fight the pull, too. And so that's why for me, like, I like to keep my phone in my room. Otherwise, yeah. I'm, when I'm supposed to be doing this, I'll start, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm scrolling and where did the time go, you know? Yeah. So sharing with our kids our vulnerabilities and how we put up barriers to protect ourselves is is important and awesome. And also showing them like, look, I'm not afraid of this technology. Um, I want to, it can be so redemptive and so good. Yeah. And also I want to teach you, I want to develop that wisdom and discernment in you yeah. as I'm learning it too. So that when you go out by the time you're 17, 18, like, I'm hoping that there's almost no real parental limits. Our role will have transitioned more to like that mentor kind of role and coach. And so. Well, and if anybody thinks that like you guys are some kind of Luddites or something, like we just talked about how your family just watched through all the Marvel movies. Totally. Like, yeah, it's, there's, this is not the case that like Molly's like, uh, yeah, maybe someday you guys will be like me, never use technology. No. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with with this because th- I, Mike, I've always thought like I, I know I'm weird, but I I've always thought I was really I weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, I don't view um, social media that way. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you look at my online presence, it's pretty sparse and yeah. just like whatever. Um, but I'm definitely addicted to technology. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I have it. There's nothing more sobering than when your kid goes. Dad, get off the phone. Play with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know? Well, and I do think, you know, you you're I'm not gonna say weird. Like I don't think you're you're strange, but you're you're definitely the the minority yeah. in, in our country, especially and mm-hmm. probably in the world. But I think what Molly said was so fascinating to me is I've never thought of pulling my kids into my own struggle. With other things I do, but with tech I don't really like Helping them understand why that's bad through my own experience is so valuable. That's such a good point that you made, and I'm so grateful for that. I mean, and I think Jordan, as you struggle with you know different things, I'm guessing uh, you're you're no uh, uh, stranger to a a TikTok video or you know different <laughs> yeah. things. But but you know, media it consumes us, and it actually it's us spiritually, right? It's us trading mm-hmm. something greater. For something lesser yeah and it's just because it's convenient mm. it's well, right in our and pocket. mike you might be able to speak to this like i mean especially there's this like weird thing in the pastoral world where like people ask a lot of you all the time and uh it's probably similar to being a parent yeah. <laughs> all the time or even like a stay-at-home parent right and where people are always taking from you and uh, very rarely are people pouring in mm. and so it is very natural 
to want just hey this time's for me you know yeah. like mm-hmm. i'm gonna check out, out actually yeah. Yeah. yeah and if you're not intentional because it's kind of what we're talking about here right yeah. and that's what the, i think that's what that verse in uh, that set of verses in deuteronomy is really about right is like hey if you let your life be about discipleship yeah these kids are going to catch things more than when you teach them directly. Mm -hmm. And so just do it along the way and be a family that's about this stuff. And uh, that can be a really beautiful thing, but like, let's do it together, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, this is the beauty of the latitude that God gives us that I was talking about earlier, is that families land in different places on what their digital entertainment consumption looks like. Um, like you mentioned, our rules right now, I'm happy to share those with you too. We don't do um, interactive like digital entertainment during the weekdays. So like no video games during the week. Um, and then on the weekends, we will allow our big kids to do like an like an hour mm. max of, you know, an approved game in a common pl- in like a common area like the kitchen. Um, what about TV? TV. So that's a great question. So we do during the week. After dinner and dishes are done, um, everyone's got their PJs on, we'll plop on the couch as a family. Not every night, but, you know, often. And we'll watch like a guy's grocery games or, you know, part of a movie. We love Lord of the Rings. We're going through the extended version right now. Mm. It's taking a long time. Good for you. But we, so, and this is, this goes back to the thing about different families landing in different places. Like, I don't, there's nothing inherently wrong. Like, there's great storytelling on these movies and there there can be so many redemptive aspects mm-hmm. and that's my perspective and you know that it's coming from someone who my dad provided for our family he was a he wrote television he wrote sitcoms yeah. that's what put food on the table well and spiritually we're not gnostics like we're not saying Absolutely. everything is bad except for the bible like we're right. we're just saying let's let's use some wisdom exactly and and i think the the pendulum has swung for a lot of parents especially in the wake of covid and being locked oh. down and parents Having to work from home and daycare Even school is on technology. Yeah, that's tough, right? And that's the crazy thing. You had no thing. choice as no. a kid. Yeah. And screen time actually doubled since the start of the pandemic. Totally. Recreational screen time has gone from about three and a half hours to almost eight hours. Well, it actually became the babysitter, exactly. right? Because parents had to go to work. I mean, we've heard horror stories of, of you know, even here in Fresno, of parents having to go to work and leaving their young kids home by themselves because they had no other option. Yeah. And it was a really hard time, and and I know screen time did not go down for sure. Yeah, which is and and that brings up another point, which is you know there doesn't need to be shame in this conversation, sure. or because people were put into impossible situations so working from home um, with kids who are out of school, or or teachers sometimes having to teach a class. I was talking to a teacher having to teach with her kid on Zoom school in the other room, or several kids. It's like what are people supposed to do? But all of that coming back to if you f- if you feel stuck, like digital entertainment has taken too much of a hold on your family, is filling too many of the blank spaces, you can put it back in its right place in your home. And it's simpler than you think. And I hope that I've given parents the tools how. I think you can find that in there. I think it's been great. Uh, I think this is valuable information. Molly, tell us, remind us one more time, what's the title of your book and where can people find it? Because I know we've pre-ordered ours and can't wait to get it. Oh, God, I can't wait to share it with you. It's Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. And you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, 
Okay. Target.com, Walmart.com. That's There's a, lots Books of Books and Millions a real website? It is. I, apparently. I, I don't know if they that's have them big, here in California. That's a big promise, like mm-hmm. a million books. <laughs> uh, a any, books. Do you have any other like resources that you can like point people to as well if they're yeah. not uh, ready to read the book? But totally. will eventually? Yeah. That's a great question. Okay, if you need some more help, tools, you're not convinced, but you like, I want some more, mm-hmm. you can go to my website, mollydefrank.com. I have a free quiz you can take. Um, it's like how to start your detox. And I have a lot of free resources like um, ideas for screen-free fun, um, books you – really great books to check out from the library for your kids. Um, just kind of good good stuff to get you going. So I hope that helps. And she's super funny. So check it Thank out. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. We've really enjoyed our time. Yeah, I appreciate Thank it. you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.